You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. I'm Helen Farmer. Great to have you with us on today's Farmer's Kitchen episode. In conversation with superstar chef Jason Atherton, he is back in Dubai. And my goodness, adding to his all-star roster with Roe on 45. Also in conversation, ahead of Oktoberfest at Ernst with the head chef Timo. We were talking winning with Spinney's Incubator Prize scorer, Yara from Oatful. She's on a mission to change how you eat your breakfast. Zara from Zblogs was on hand as well as we talked about unlimited pizza, pasta and where to find the best shawarma in Dubai. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well, live well. We have stolen away one of the busiest men in the business this afternoon. Chef Jason Atherton is here. This legendary British chef is no stranger to Dubai and he is back with the bang. He's the man behind four distinctive dining experiences under one roof at Grosvenor House. We've got City Social, Jazz by City, Seven Tales and the brand new, not even yet open, Row 145. Congratulations in advance. How are you, Chef? Thank you. Happy to be back. It's, I'm, I'm really excited to hear about this. It sounds so different for Dubai. But before we start talking food and row on 45, can you tell us about your TV show, Dubai Dishes? It's on ITV in the UK. It looks like it's going absolute gangbusters. What absolutely, was the brief? Yeah. Tell us We're more. already talking about a second season, which Brilliant. is absolutely awesome. It's just, you know, Dubai, when I got asked by ITV, would you present a TV show to show the other side of Dubai, um, a more foodie side of Dubai? I said, absolutely. You know, I, 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 you know, everyone knows my love affair with Dubai, certainly through food. And to be able to show people that, you know, when you come to Dubai, it's not just five-star hotels and beaches, um, that there is a big food culture here, amazing chefs, local product. And I got to show all of that through the show and it's gone crazy. It's really interesting because we were just talking about this yesterday with Wanda with Nada and she does tours of Dubai. And a big frustration for me is that people come with this preconception. And yes, you can you can have a brilliant time enjoying that lovely five-star shiny side. But it's not as rewarding as having that sense of discovery of going home and go, well, we ate this. I never thought I'd find that there. Did you know about so-and-so? So how on earth did you start to narrow it down? Because how many episodes have you done, Jason? Ten episodes. Okay. Ten one-hour episodes. And what was important for me was to bring... The, the the viewer, if you like, on a journey each week through a different medium. Like so, like last week was street food. So you know, we took them um, down into the area to the to, to the street food market, um, took them round, showed them all the you know the the Indian, the Persian, all the all the Egyptian snacks, what to get served on the on, on the in the markets. And you know, you would never know how to find those, right? You would never, you know, we teach them how to negotiate. Uh, we you know we had our, um, uh, the chef from Fire on, and he did this amazing. Uh, smoked mac and cheese um, and it was just you know it's just great I just share my love for food and Dubai on one show is the dream show for me thank you because I feel like there are so many preconceptions and misconceptions about this city and I, I do firmly put a lot of that blame at the Daily Mail's feed yeah. well, <laughs> so it was wonderful to think about it attracting a real foodie crowd and yes we've obviously got some amazing accolades and you can find those beautiful five dining restaurants but to be able to mix it up on one holiday to have that street food to go to the spice markets to think about homegrown heroes and then have a really elevated dining experience on one holiday exactly amazing um, right I'm really excited for you because as I said Row on 45 isn't even yet open um, tell us a little bit about your vision for this space at Grosvenor House? 
So this is the dream restaurant for any chef out there. Um, if you, you know, if you could write down on a piece of paper what your dream restaurant would be, it would be Row on Forty Five. You know, Row stands for refinement of work uh, because a menu is never really completed because you're always tweaking, trying to find ways to make it better, more tasty, uh, more interesting. Um, so we really like that name, Forty Five, because it's on the forty fifth floor of the Grosvenor House, and you've got amazing views. It's quite uh, interactive because you have three very distinct spaces. Okay. So wherever you are on the menu, you'll be dining in a different space. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, to my understanding, 17 courses over 17. three acts. A culinary voyage. Right. Can you give us a little sneak peek? Absolutely. Of course. You know, so you start in act one. It's all about, um, I've been cooking 37 years, so I, I mean, I'm getting on a bit now. But I, you know, when I started cooking um, at three Michelin star restaurants, I picked up a lot of techniques recipes that type of stuff and i've worked in countries like dubai um, um, spain france uh, america so what i've tried to do is is well not i've tried to what i've done is use those experiences to create memories and dishes so i take you almost for a journey of my life through food um, at the same time um, not wanting to keep people at three hours at one space mm-hmm. it was important for me that they they start at one space with a very uh, amazing view of the palm and then you have four serves there. We then move you to another part, um, which has got the gorgeous open kitchen, um, just seven tables. And then you have eight. I've got to count them. Eight serves there. Uh, and each time the chefs introduce every dish. So instead of waiters, it's only chefs and sommeliers. Wow. So the sommelier matches the, the, the pairing with it. And then we do the food and we finish it at the table. So we actually create it in front of you. And then once those eight serves are finished there, we move you to another space, which is hidden behind the, the, the wine cellar. Um, and then in the, uh, behind there is uh, the chef's library. And then you have three more uh, dishes there and petit fours, teas, coffees and so forth. Amazing. Right, we are going to be unpacking this menu a little bit more, talking about flavours, talking about inspirations next. Chef Jason Athena is with us today. Chef talking just about row on 45. Bookings are open now, but you're going to have to be quick. Just 22 spots. And I understand, not open every day either. It's exclusive. It's happening. It's opening next week. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well, live well. Chef Jason Atherton's here. I'm surprised, to be honest. I thought you'd be chained to the cooker over there at Grosvenor House because Row on 45 opens the 21st of September, Absolutely. I believe. The countdown is on. Just 22 seats, 17 courses. And how are we organising bookings? I understand it's going to be just a couple of days a week. Is that right? Uh, yep. Yeah, so it's four days a week. So four dinner services, that's it. Um, because it's it's so complex as the way the way you book the you know the the, the menu the the preparation so although we're it's only four days a week we me and the team are actually working six days a week because of the amount of prep well, to do to get it right. Well, tell us about that because seventeen courses. I, I in my mind, you know that scene in a beautiful mind where he's writing on the window, mm-hmm. like trying to make yeah, yeah. it all fit together. Yeah. How do you begin to think about the storytelling, the flavour progression? How are these dishes? interact with each other and lead on to the other and, and complement each other over such an intense amount of time? Two years in the making has taken us to get to this point. So it's, it, it's, it's uh, not something you take on lightly. It's, it's, a, it's a, a long, lifelong commitment to make this work. Um, you know, and it's, it's, when you, it, it's hard to explain, but when you come and see it for yourself, Ellen, you'll totally understand where we're, where, what, what it is. It's all about the produce, right? 
what Dubai has now from when I lived here 23 years ago. <gasps> Old timer. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 23 years ago. And we, you know, produce was okay then. You got one or two good supply chains. Um, but now... Dubai has the best produce on the planet. Do you know what? I don't mind agreeing with you on that. I remember moving here just as a spring chicken 16 years ago and buying tomatoes and being like, oh, and going to Lebanon, going to Beirut and going, oh my God, tomato tastes like a tomato. Yeah. And now the tomatoes taste like tomatoes. Absolutely. In Dubai. You, you know, you cut open a strawberry and it's not just white inside anymore. And a lot of this has grown right here in the UAE. It's, it's really incredible to think about how quick that's actually come about. So... It sounds like it's incredibly complex, but you're letting the ingredients sing. 100%. It's all about the ingredient. But the, the, the source making, the technique is my journey through food. Um, so every dish has a story about how I came across that dish. Can you tell um, us a little bit? Of course. You know, a perfect example is I worked for a very famous chef back in the early 90s called Marco Pierre White, the youngest ever chef in Great Britain to win three Michelin stars, complete rock and roll star. He was the guy who was dating supermodels. His best friend was Sir Michael Caine. I went out for dinner with him in Dubai and lost a shoe. Did, oh, there you go. You see, rock and roll. <laughs> Truly, I did. And he was a complete legend. And I was very fortunate to work with him when he was still in the kitchen teaching people. And my job for Marco was, well, I was on the fish section. So I used to have to make the, the red mullet soup. And still today, people call it bouillabaisse, but it was made purely with red mullet. It's still today one of the best soups I've ever made in my entire life. When you taste it, it just, it's a flavor explosion. So we do a, a dish with that and we talk about, you know, um, when I used to make it at Marco's, it used to have to be ready by 10.30 a.m. So he could taste, because he used to go around the kitchen and taste everything at 10.30. And if my soup wasn't ready, passed, cooked out, you know, finished, buzzed, I was in big trouble. Mm, it's not, a, it wouldn't be the end of He's that a big guy. tongue. Yeah. He's a big guy. So that's, I love the idea of it kind of following your education and your travels. And as you're saying, your, the world through your lens. But 17 courses, how on earth do you pace people? When we talk about courses, are some little bites, are some more generous? Exactly that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not 17 steak and chips. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, it's, uh, you know, the first four get, are quite small. you get a small. free stay at the Grosvenor House. Exactly finish that. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a doctor's appointment the next morning. <laughs> do you remember the Harry Ramsden challenge? Did you ever do that? Or maybe that was just a northeastern thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> remember that? It was like the massive fish and chip platter. It's like, you'll get it free if you finish it. <laughs> I don't think anyone, even in Gateshead, could do it. So, no, it is obviously sensitively thoughtfully it, done it is yeah and, and even even when you get to the, uh, the back end of the mill with the petty falls you know when my pastry team came here uh, i bundled them all into taxis we went to the spice souk and i said it's really important for me that every every petty four has a story about the spice soup because it was the first time when i landed here all those years ago that i uh, went to the spice soup you know, i'd never been to a spice soup before and i was just like my jaw hit the floor of the smells you know and, and the beautiful colors i know and, you know, it's difficult to put that into European food, right? Because mm -hmm. it, it's just, it belongs in, in, in Middle Eastern yeah, food. Yeah, it's jarring. So be able to put it into all my petty fours. So now it's a trip through like what? an but Arabian... Because you think about like the saffron and preserved lemons and limes. Exactly. What, what have you, what have so, you stolen away from perfect, the spicy? Perfect example. So three of the, the macaroons is one's uh, pickled rose. Um, and then uh, one of the other macaroons is salted pistachio. Um, and then the, the, the third one is uh, vanilla, white chocolate, and uh, pickled fennel. Ooh, right? wow. And then uh, the free um, pat de fruits, um, we've got um, port, red wine, uh, and but we mull it with all of the dried um, 
uh, like lemons cloves and, and exactly that. Yeah, all from the spice. Christmas flavors. And then uh, yeah, so it just go. I'm not going to spoil it too much because that goes on that journey like that. And then and then we, sh- we they're, they're all served with this beautiful little map of the Arabian uh, spice trail. Do you know what I'm really getting from this? And this is a personal thing. Is that as you say, you've been in the business for 37 years. And it would be very easy to be jaded and to have lost that inspiration at that time. But you are absolutely glowing and brimming with pride and enthusiasm. I think that's just wonderful. And that comes across. We've, ah, seen, we've seen chefs, you know, travel internationally, open restaurants, and it feels very copy-paste, roll it out. We'll steal that from there and, you know, we'll, we'll tick a box in terms of having a location in this certain country. This is something completely new for Dubai. It's new Unique. to you. And it sounds like... I love the idea of people kind of pacing their peaks professionally. You know, amazing for Marco Pio to have that accolade so early. But I always think it's really, it's it's, it's more exciting for people to be learning and discovering and having fun all the way through their career. And I think this is just a brilliant example of it. And it's not a cliche and I keep harping on about it, but my love affair, and I never believed, you know, when I first came to Dubai back then, I gave myself six months. I really didn't like it. Honestly, the first two months I was like, I'm not sure if I like Dubai. I want to go back to London. And this was like in the nine, it was 2000, the two, year 2000. And I was like, you know, look, Jason, stay for six months. You need to do six months. I was going to call Gordon and say, look, I want to come home. I'm not really happy here, blah, blah, blah. Give it six months. And after about three months, I thought, actually, I quite like it. Fourth month, fifth month. And then completely full about it. Five years later, completely in love with, with the city of Dubai. And that's why Rowan 45 is really important for me, as, as, as not just as a restaurant, but as a statement of who I am as a chef and what I want to leave as a legacy for Dubai. I love that. Bookings are open now. How best to get in touch? Can we share a website? Absolutely. Um, it's row on 45. Perfect. <laughs> .com. Super easy. If you want to send me Go the online. word, you can send me 45, you can send me row, whatever you like. I'll send you the website. You can have it over there. It's a, it's a little tease of what's in store but i think you've explained it so beautifully today chef and i think a lot of a lot of people can be very excited indeed now get back to that kitchen absolutely the countdown is on it opens in a week's time row on 45 grosvenor house the man behind it chef jason atherton this is farmer's kitchen on dubai i 103.8 with spinnies eat well live well we are taking a little trip to germany now i have to say pretty excited about this Oktoberfest starts this weekend and speaking now to head chef Timo of Ernst at the 25 Hours Hotel. Chef Timo, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm very jealous of the partying that is probably already happening down there at Ernst. Um, I do have a very important question, though. Why is Oktoberfest in September? Can you tell me? Uh, Oktoberfest uh, is actually in September because it's, uh, it goes pretty far back in, in history. So it was supposedly end of September and it was kind of a celebration for the end of summer starting autumn. So that's what it was basically going from September into October in. So that's why it's called Oktoberfest, uh, basically to celebrate the new season. I love this. Now, for anyone that hasn't been to your restaurant and hasn't been down to Erst, can you explain what the space is like? Can you walk us through it? Because it is super authentic and unlike anywhere else in the city, in my mind. What's it like inside? Uh, what's it like inside? Um, I think the, the closest you could say it's, uh, it's a mix out of, uh, of a bit modernized uh, German beer garden, the authentic one. Uh, obviously, there will not be the, the pebbles on the floor that used to be from, from Germany because also it's in Dubai, so there's just more sand around. 
but pretty much it's a, it's a lively big place, uh, high high ceilings, uh, big tables. It's it's when joyful groups, uh, multiple people. We don't have uh, much small uh, tables. Uh, it's it's a place for fun. We have bands. We have games around. Uh, there's uh, entertainment uh, from showing also some some rugby, football, and things in between that is not too traditional. Mm -hmm. But uh, also we adapted a little bit to some of the Dubai's favorites, so to have a little bit for everything. Um, the food definitely is uh, absolutely authentic German. It's traditional dishes. Uh, also. Compared to the actual Oktoberfest, uh, we're not only having two or three options, so we're serving the whole a la carte variety that, that we're having, which is uh, first uh, first in its own, I think, worldwide. I never saw a place that offers a whole a la carte menu mm -hmm. during the Oktoberfest celebration. And yeah, that's so roughly it in a nutshell. It's what's really lovely is it just how much it stands out, you know, in a city that, and I don't get me wrong, I love it too, you know, burgers, pizzas, you know, incredible Asian food. But to have this, you know, slice of, of Germany is really, really interesting to me culinary wise, because I've never really explored German cuisine before. I went to Berlin on a school trip, but we had the best feed in Ernst and like took leftovers. You know, I'm an absolute maniac for pickled cabbage. I had, a, had an absolutely brilliant time. But what are you putting on the menu for Oktoberfest? Any standout dishes that you're excited to be serving up? Uh, so, so this year um, we're having a, a one kilo pretzel, which is basically one of the highlights. Uh, so you can pretty much share this with with ten people. What a one? Uh, no, 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 no! Slow down, slow down. Did you say? <laughs> did you, sorry, did you say a one kilo pretzel? Yes, a one a one kilo pretzel. <laughs> Okay, you think this would be a... Sh I mean, it's like sharing between 10 people. That's very generous. I'm like, that sounds like a very good lunch. Um, so we're, we're going in heavy with the carbs. What about on the meat front, Chef? Yeah, on the, on the meat front, um, we have a, a big variety. Uh, chicken, uh, veal, uh, all, all throughout uh, the directions. Uh, as soon as hopefully the weather cools a little bit down, we will also have some, some live stations outside with live uh, rotisserie chicken and, and a bit more stations out there to have more the garden feeling which the weather unfortunately now does not allow but uh, it's pretty much a little bit for everyone uh, you would even find something if you're vegan or vegetarian which is supposedly not a beer garden uh, thing that you would expect but uh, we pretty much cater for every desire um julie's saying do you need to get dressed up for october first good question is it encouraged um and could is there any option to maybe get some accessories from you guys if not also, uh, encouraged, yes. Uh, mandatory, it's not. But also, if you would like to have a dirndl and a lederhosen and you have no clue where to get it, uh, we also just launched our own uh, collaboration with a lederhosen shop that we have in the venue. <laughs> so after entering, you can actually uh, also shop, uh, have a drink, have a meal. Uh, and then go back home with your own uh, dirndl. Oh, right. you know what will happen. People will come along and have a great time, end up shopping and go home with their own clothes in a in a takeout bag and wake up being like, oh, where seems to be wearing lederhosen. This sounds like so much fun. And I've heard that you're flying in some bands as well. The music makes it for me, right? Yeah, so definitely the, the music makes a, a very big uh, part of the whole authenticity and of the vibe. Uh, we started now yesterday evening. Uh, our first band that we have, it's a 13, 13 men or women band. Um, so more authentic, you cannot start it. So from there on, we will have every weekend from Thursday to Sunday, a different band over the whole month. 
And then, uh, so it also makes sense if you come back, you don't hear the same songs from the same guy over and over again. Thank you so much. I have to say, it sounds brilliant. When, we've had a message going, when is it starting? Are you okay to break it down for us? When is Oktoberfest kicking off at Ernst? Uh, Oktoberfest we do every week, uh, Thursday evening, uh, Friday evening, Saturday, uh, there will be a brunch and evening as well. And then for Sunday for lunch, uh, starts in the evenings at 7pm till basically open end, uh, usually like till, till 1 or 2 o'clock. Uh, Saturday for the brunch, it will start at 12 o'clock, then goes till 4, there will be a small break till evening starting again. And on Sunday, it will be from 12 to 4. And wow. that's rough, our Oktoberfest timings. Amazing. I'm going to let you get back to the kitchen. You've got a lot of one kilo pretzels to be baking, Chef Timo. Thank you so, so much. All the best to you and the team, and I um, hope to head down for a, a massive feed and a lot of fun. Happy, do we say happy Oktoberfest? Can we say that? Yeah, you can yeah? say happy Oktoberfest. Okay, do you want to teach me a little bit of German before you go? Well, how can we say have a nice weekend? Have a nice weekend is uh, pretty much uh, the Bavarian version would be and Goethe, which could also be used as a bon appetit. Well, same to you, Chef. Thank you so, so much. Have a wonderful weekend and uh, make sure you make sure you keep some uh, keep some German clothing in, in my size. I'll see if I can swing by and go fully authentic for you. All right. <laughs> Have take a good care one. Of Chef Timo from Ernst there at the 25 Hours um, Hotel at One Central. If you haven't been yet, it really is unlike anywhere else in the city. And it sounds like there's not a better time to go than Oktoberfest. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well, live well. We love introducing you to the chefs and sometimes it is a homegrown hero. Sometimes it is an international, which had Jason Atherton in the studio. Sometimes it is someone who is out cooking in the kitchen and delivering her creations. And that's who we have today in their chatties today. She is a French pastry chef and the founder of her very own patisserie. Bienvenue, how are you? Hello, very good, and you? I'm really well, really well. And I should just say, first of all, I saw your Instagram earlier and I was like, oh my goodness, she is so talented. It is an absolute thing of beauty. And then you've been generous enough to bring in some some beautiful creations now. And my jaw dropped. You should have done one of those reaction <laughs> videos when you showed yeah. it. Poonam and I were like, what? <laughs> Unbelievable. We're going to talk a little bit about your creations soon, but I want to do a quick fire round first. Okay. Eclair or profiterole? Eclair. Eclair or croissant? Croissant. Croissant or macaron? Uh, Croissant. Croissant or tartata? Ah, tartata. Ah, tartata or chocolate mousse? (laughs) Ah, chocolate mousse. But my mom's chocolate mousse. (laughs) What makes it so good? Uh, We have a very good recipe. It's full of butter, but it's like a, (laughs) a recipe that we... Go through generations, so it's always good. So where did you grow up? So I grew up in uh, Grenoble in France, so we are located near Lyon. Oh. I grew up in the mountains, so I've been surrounded by nature, which is very nice. And so, who was cooking? Yes, but I'm also half Tunisian, so I grew up also far. I didn't grow up, but I spent a lot of time in Tunisia with my father's family, which is very nice also. So two incredibly foody locations then. Yes. Were you, were you a food-loving family? Who was cooking in this? 
My mom, she cooked a lot. So I got a lot of inspiration watching her cooking all the time, even my grandmother. And also, of course, back in Tunisia, all of my aunts were cooking, my grandmother also. So we've been surrounded by food all the time. And I always remember being in the kitchen as a very special moment. This is the only moment when we are all together, the time where we gossip around what's going on. So it's a very special moment. Now, it sounds like it would be inevitable for you to then work with food with an upbringing like that. But I understand that wasn't the plan. You were started out studying law, planning to be a prison director. Exactly. So <laughs> what? <laughs> I know it's a, a big change in mm-hmm. my life. But indeed, I studied criminal law for a couple of years. And then I was supposed to be a jail director. I got my examination, everything. And I got the call for the pastry. I was like, no, I cannot go and work in a prison every day. So I was like, no, I need to follow my passion, which is making cakes. I would do that. So I changed completely. I started again from scratch. It has been a little bit difficult because for my parents, moving from law to kitchen, it was not easy, but it was a very good move. And I'm very happy that uh, I follow my passion for pastry. You then went to work in the brigade (laughs) of three Michelin star uh, chef, uh, Anne-Sophie Peak in her iconic Maison Peak restaurant, which is... I understand personally and professionally a bit of a breakthrough moment. Tell us about your experiences there. So it was very unfortunate for me, like, for, no, fortunate to go uh, there. But uh, when I s- applied to work for the chef and Sophie Peak, I didn't have any background and everything. So for me, it was like the goal, the ultimate goal to work for her. And I get lucky enough to have the chance to work for her. It was an amazing journey. Uh, first of all, I met my husband in the uh, chef and Sophie Peak uh, <laughs> Cuisine, so I have to say that we have a special bond, but most importantly, I've learned everything in her kitchen because all of my pastry are really infused with a lot of aromatic plants and flour. And I got this inspiration through the chef and Sophie Peak. I've learned everything in her kitchen. It was beautiful. I discovered so many products and this experience changed me for uh, and make me the chef I am today. And I think we think... (laughs) It's like a different breed being a dessert chef. It's so precise. It's yes. it's science and it's art that yeah. come together. What is it about desserts and patisserie that really makes you tick and has ignited that passion? To be honest with you, uh, there is... Everybody is saying like pastry, it's like chemistry, which is true. But also at some point, you must be a little bit creative and have a different kind of approach of pastry, more like a chef will do in a kitchen. Mm -hmm. So I'm really trying to break that down by using very different aromatic plants and sometimes just to go with the flow and go with the inspiration. Of course, if you put too much sugar or butter at some point, the result won't be good. But... um, it's giving a wrong perception also to the pastry for other people, like it's something that you cannot do. No, you can do pastry. It's not that much complicated as long as you follow the recipe. But everybody can do it. I mean, like, I did it, so everybody I, else can do it. I could <laughs> never create, my goodness, what you brought into the green room today, Inez. It takes some time, yeah. I have to be honest. A little practice, a little bit of time in a three Michelin star restaurant. <laughs> exactly. So, so from south of France, you and your husband took a road trip is that right where yes, did you go exactly my husband has been crazy enough to follow me on the 
on a trip that I had on mind for a very long time and we created our own gastronomic world tour. So we started to travel with our backpack in Africa and we went, we were hosted by people and in exchange we were cooking for them. So we got a lot of requests of people who uh, wanted to host us in their house. So it was amazing. We went through Namibia, South Africa, Mozambique, Ethiopia and every time our aim was to discover new products, new way of cooking and it was also for us a way to reinterpret uh, their very uh, famous dish. Like for example in Mozambique, uh, Aurélien reinterpreted uh, the matapa which is a very famous dish uh, there. Me, I've, I was using uh, fresh uh, passion food, cashew nuts that we just picked from uh, the ground. It was oh, amazing. Wow, and you were the dream guests. Can you imagine rather than having to wake up and <laughs> put some cereal and toast out, you're there in the kitchen reimagining the... the yeah. People enjoy coming uh, to have dinner at home. <laughs> We're going to be talking next about what is available in the Shati with us today. Um, we've had a, people, a number of people asking for, I've just talked about how, about how amazing the Instagram is. I'm going to spell it out. I-N-E-S-C-H-A-T-T-I. You can go over there and have a look at these incredible creations. We're going to be talking about flavours next and where does Nez go for inspiration? This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. We're in conversation now with Chef Inez Chatty. She is a French pastry chef, the founder of her very own patisserie. What do you miss from home, Chef? What's What foods make you think, oh, that would be nice? My mom's chocolate mousse, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and going into the garden because we have also a very nice home with a beautiful garden and just to go and pick some vegetables, some herbs to put in our dish. Oh, chef, tell us a little bit about setting up on your own. You you came to Dubai, you were working with the incredible Pierre Gagné, and now you have your own patisserie. What was your goal with that? And what kind of challenges have you found along the way? Uh, to be honest, I always had the dream, you know, it's really the aboutissement for a chef to have their own uh, shop. So for me, it's something that uh, really uh, was pushing me to get my own pastry because... What is the most important for me is to have the freedom to create whatever I want without having any uh, compromise in terms of quality and everything. Mm -hmm. So that is something that is very important for me. And also setting up a business is very tough, more complicated than what we expect, especially <laughs> when we don't have the <laughs> pocket full of money. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and this is the thing when you're on your own, you're doing exactly. it all. You're doing PR HR, you're literally in the kitchen. I understand yes. you deliver as well. And I do also myself the delivery, so oh. I get the chance to meet the client. But I'm very lucky because my husband is very supportive and I could not thank him enough for what he's doing for me on a daily basis. And all of my friends and supplier and uh, family also, of course. Can you make us hungry now, Chef? Yeah. Tell <laughs> us a little bit about some of, some of those incredible creations. So my creation are really infused with uh, all my travel, my discovery and a lot of my memories also. So, for example, I created one of a uh, very nice cake based on the memory I had from my grandfather back in Tunisia that was uh, bringing uh, to us some prickly pear. And around that, I create something that was very original with the prickly pear because you cannot find uh, those kind of cake uh, around. So I add some batak pepper, which is a pepper coming from Indonesia, which is super fresh and it's bringing something completely different. And I remember one chocolate that I tried with, who had a smoky flavor. And I was like, okay, I'm going to create something around that. So this is how I create one, uh, one of my 
very good cake called the Batak. So it's working well. And uh, yeah, after I get the inspiration by going around and uh, being um, the nature. The the beauty of those creations. I mean, the I'm for the website now, ineshati.com. I-N-E-S-C-H-A-T-T-I. Um, framboisier, Parisian flan, um, macaron, you know, caramel and Tahiti vinig- uh, vanilla. Oh, my goodness. They just look <laughs> There is a twist. It's so, so it's just stunning. A, you know, a real work of art. A great question that's just come in for you, Chef, from Salmon, saying, what is the most difficult technique or dish you've had to master? One of the most difficult one will be the macaron. Let's be honest, it's true. Macarons are always tough to create because you need to have the right ingredient, the white white eggs, the right almond powder, otherwise, and the cooking, the equipment that you have, everything is very important when it comes to a macaron. What about the essential ingredients and equipment that makes your life easier? Do you ever get a little bit panicky if you haven't got a certain thing in the kitchen? I always find a way. I've been like uh, doing, uh, especially during our travel, we've had to find solution for everything. So I like to call myself uh, like a MacGyver into the kitchen <laughs> and, and do what I can with what I have. So, but after what is really important for me and what makes life easier is to have the good uh, raw material. So to have very good quality of ingredient from scratch will help you to get the best uh, result and the best cake that you can have. Who would you love to make a cake for like I don't know a wedding cake or a birthday cake celebrity or someone in your life yeah to be honest I will because I love fashion and I love everything so I will love to create more cakes for very uh, fashion uh, luxurious brand to create something ready for them and to be like uh, the pastry chef for the grand couturier it will be like a dream but that to me just would just make so much sense when you look at the precision and the style and you know obviously the flavor but aesthetically my goodness okay if if anyone from chanel is (laughs) listening if we have any dior listeners uh get in touch um and another message here um randolph saying how far in advance do you need to order that's a really good question because it is you so if someone has got a special occasion or a craving um how best to order and what kind of lead-in time do you need so usually it's best to order one day in advance but if you order early in the morning, I can always manage and to deliver the cake the same day. But best to do it one day in advance. And if you have any specific need, like a specific creation, I can do it also. But better to uh, ask five days in advance so I have time to create, source the product and everything. And last last question. Um, is there a creation that you have made that you are the most proud of? That If I was to have a spoonful of it, I would understand where you've been, where you're going, and everything that you love about food, Chef? It's a tough question because a lot of my cakes are really inspired by that. One of the latest creations that I had, it's really a fusion of my childhood back in France and Tunisia. So the cake, it's called Rosa because I use the geranium uh, flower, which is very common in Tunisia. And I use also the rhubarb, which uh, we had in our garden back in France. So I create a combination of those and... It's very delicious. I'm very proud of this one because I didn't expect, even myself, I didn't expect the cake to taste that good. So, well, huge congratulations on everything you've achieved so much so for far. Me. An absolute pleasure. If anyone wants the details, I'd be very happy to share them. If you just want to send me the word chef, I will send you the website. Chef, have a lovely weekend ahead. Thank you. I'm now craving chocolate mousse. Um, so <laughs> if you could bring some back next time you're home, that would be amazing. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's Eat Well.
well, live well. We are celebrating a homegrown hero now with Spinney's incubator winner, Yara from Oatful, is here. The UA's first overnight oat mix. And I do not say this lightly. I've just tasted it. And I went back for more <laughs> three times. So high praise indeed. How are you, Yara? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Um, I understand you grew up here. So tell us a little bit about your path to become a foodie entrepreneur. You're in your, only in your early 20s. What's been going on over the last few years? Well, I've always been... I've always been obsessed with um, food, nutrition, and um, just fueling well because I think I had a, you know, I, I played sports growing up. I was very involved in extracurriculars, um, but unfortunately in school, they don't teach you much about nutrition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more competitive I became, I wanted to become better. And then I took it upon my own hands and um, started to learn what's good for me, what's not. Uh, and I became obsessed. <laughs> you did a TED Talk in your teens, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> what were you talking about? Exactly that. But I, I was talking about mostly um, food and how, you know, like I became obsessed with food. But then I quickly pulled back and realized that like um, a lot of people are learning more about nutrition, but it wasn't turning into the right way. Like people became obsessed, started counting calories, were scared of every single thing. Mm -hmm. There was so much fear mongering. People would send me even like reels saying, because I would bring overnight oats to class every day and people started sending me like oats are bad for you. And I'm just like, are you serious? Like, are we starting this again? So much misinformation out there. Yeah. Like we've we've obviously got amazing access to information, but there is a lot of kind of so-called experts on social media. It drives me crazy exactly so here's what i want to know it's one thing to be really interested in food it's i think it takes a special person to go okay but i'm going to do something about this tell us about the idea for oatful yeah i'm a very impulsive person so actually you know then and there i was at home it was um about two years ago they sent us back um because of covid so i was i had more time on my hands i was still studying at home in dubai and um you know, that moment there, I was prepping my overnight oats and I just remembered that like, oh my God, why doesn't this exist in the market? Like, why are, why am I putting protein and oats and superfoods and all this? It's taking me 15 minutes. I wish there was just something in the market that was just ready, grab and go. And then like the idea came and I decided to act upon it right away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, it takes a special type of person to do this. So how, where do, where do you begin in terms of research and development and recipes? How did it all come together? Um, I'm a huge believer in something called like start even if you don't know how. So I was, I, I just decided to start with like whatever because if someone believed in something like that I put such little effort in, then I'm sure they would appreciate something that's much bigger. So, you know, the same day I, I thought of it, I decided to just get Ziplocs from my family's kitchen. And we put, I put oats, protein powder, um, flax seeds, chia seeds, all my amazing flavors. I had like three um, and then I handed them out to our neighbors um, they were obsessed, and then I went to my gym, gave some out, and then they were like, can we order? And I was like, okay, I might as well just make an Instagram. And so from there, it just grew. And, and you know, a month in, I was like, okay, I can't run this from home anymore, but I had to go back to college. And so, because COVID was over, so I decided I'll go back, finish everything in, like, quickly. Like, I'll, I'll put all my credits in one semester at Cornell, which is like the hardest thing ever. And then I graduated just last year. So it's been crazy, but amazing. So you've come back. Thank thank you to Dubai with this great idea. Um, and it's obviously, I mean, it's on shelves now. Yeah, it's crazy. That must be the best feeling because you've solved a problem for you, for one thing. But 
my goodness, for other people as well. You're on a bit of a mission, I guess, then. What, what would you say your goal is with Oatful? Um, definitely to change this breakfast oatmeal category. It's been the same for the past, you know, many... Ever. Mi- ever, <laughs> literally. As you said, like, it's only boring traditional oatmeal on the same brands that we know and um, nothing upgraded for the 21st century consumers with what we know right now about a balanced meal and protein and everything. We've also, I mean, I know we've always been busy, but I feel like convenience is, you know, something that a lot of people really need right now. And I just said to you, you know, I wake up in the morning, I take the kids to school, I'll do a workout, I come home and I'm like, okay, suddenly I'm starving. And then that's when I start reaching for the Mm. kids' snack cupboard. (laughs) And, you know, know, I do. Because otherwise I'm thinking about, even if it's just, boiling some eggs and having some toast. Tell us about the preparation of the overnight oats. What what goes in there and how are you making it even easier? Okay, so as a, as a customer, when you get our product, all you have to do is just add milk. So you would get our pouch. Each pouch is a single serve. Um, and you would get our jar or your own bowl and then you would pour it in. And we actually have measuring lines. So you would just pour the whole thing in and then add milk until the line or half a cup. Um, the less milk, the thicker it is. And then you just stir and then you put it in the fridge. So it's about 30 seconds or less prep and then refrigerate overnight. So you do it like with your nightly routine or you can just do it four hours if you want to consume it in the day. And then you'd have it tomorrow. Breakfast is waiting for you in the fridge. Okay, <sighs> let's talk flavors. Okay. That, that must have been a lot of fun. What's currently in the range? And let's start with the overnight oats first because you've got another addition yeah. to the range. So what have we got? Okay, so we have eight flavors and now we just introduced some vegan lines. So we started with vanilla bean. And then we have dark chocolate, um, choco pipi banana, chocolate brownie, um, salted caramel. So they sound very indulgent, and they are. No, it tastes really. It tastes like a dessert. <laughs> it, it does, but we, we definitely, um, you know, everything is premium. We use organic rolled, gluten free rolled oats, cacao powder, not cocoa powder. Like everything is highest quality. Um, we even use Himalayan pink salt. So I've really tried to make sure that. It tastes good. Like I say, indulge without compromise because I don't want to compromise your taste and nutrition. Mm -hmm. So kind of like, and that's what my TED Talk was about, which is um, that, you know, health and um, taste doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. We can can bond the two. You've also launched, I just love it's like just on a mission. (laughs) You've also launched granola. Tell us about that. Yes, because I noticed in the market here, you know, again, in this oats category, there is no... um, you know, a proper granola that's infused with protein. A lot of it is just carbs and sugar. So I wanted something that was well-balanced. And we decided to have um, protein granola that come in single-serve pouches as well as big normal bags. Um, yeah, and, and they are crunchy. They they come in clusters, and that's kind of what makes them really unique. And it's kind of something you can top on our overnight oats or just have on their own on oh, the go. Smart. Okay, tell us about the Spinney's Incubator Prize. How did you hear about it and get involved? So... That was the best thing that ever happened um, to Oatful, you know, to date. I'm very grateful for it. I actually was on my phone on Instagram. I think it was an ad. (laughs) And I came across, okay, there is an incubator program and you could get on the shelves. And I think that's every startup's dream. Um, I I just saw it and immediately was like, I'm going to (laughs) apply. And you are now on the shelves. Yes. What was that moment like walking in and seeing it for the first time? I, I... it's like indescribable. I think I'm, I was very proud and um, 
It's just crazy because it's a full circle moment for me. I used to, when I first started, as soon as we launched, I bought the raw materials, the ingredients from Spinney's. And so coming back and now seeing our products on the shelf and I would roam around the shelves, you know, two years ago and say like, this has to change and everything. And now I'm seeing my products there. So it's it's very um, bittersweet. Oh, I love this. I love this. What, okay. I know you've just launched n- another extra part <laughs> of the program, but what what is the plan for the future? Because I can tell by the look in your eyes. Are we talking world domination for Oatful? 100%. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we've had a number of going um, where to find. So you are on shelves, Spinneys and Waitrose. You can shop online as well, I believe. Yeah, you can shop on our official website, but we're also on all the major online platforms. You can get us on Noon and, you know, 10, 15 minutes on Talabat Mart. You can also get us on Kipsons and um, Amazon, everywhere. And Dom- Kareem. <laughs> Domination, right. Um, Instagram, probably the best place to, you've got your links on there. You can see what's going on. It is shop. Oatful with one L um, on Instagram. If you want to send me the word breakfast, um, I will happily send you the link so you can check it out. Um, I'm going to enjoy some of your overnight oats during a bit of Christina Aguilera. You're a huge congratulations. I can't believe you're just 22. Oh my goodness <laughs> me. Please teach me your ways. Um, just amazing. Huge, huge congrats. You should be really proud of yourself. And I'm, I'm confident you'll be in on business breakfast in a couple of years about, about going global. Mark my words. Don't, don't forget us, okay? Thank you so much. <laughs> Shop Oatful on Instagram. Absolutely delicious. I'm having the chocolate now. Absolutely unbelievable. If you send me the word breakfast, I'll send you the links. So you can find out more and you can buy it from Spinney's this weekend. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Her videos have millions of views. She's fast becoming the go-to person to tell you where to go and what to eat. Zahra from Z Blogs with us in the studio today. Um, thank you so much for your time, especially on a Friday when I know you're busy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really well. I want to know a little bit about where this all started for you as a kind of a content creator and, and foodie. Why was this something that you wanted to get involved with? All right, so I started posting pictures of food back when I was in high school, and I really enjoyed taking pictures of stuff. So food was something I enjoy, so I just started taking pictures of it, and then I would post it, and um, with like the past couple of years, videos have been really trending, so I started to do that more. And then one fine day, like a video of mine got a good amount of views, and that kind of like got me going to keep doing it. And that's how it started. So tell us a little bit about behind the scenes. What are the best bits and maybe the not so great bits about being a foodie blogger and influencer? Okay, so obviously the best part is that you get to try out different cuisines from all over the world. You get to know about new places that are opening up. And sometimes, you know, you get to go there before anybody else. So that's amazing. Um, And obviously the negative part is that, you know, when you eat out a lot, you kind of... It takes a toll on your health. (laughs) Yeah, good point. Yeah, and you kind of get really used to it and then you stop liking homemade food. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of the food writers I know are like, I feel like I haven't eaten a hot meal because I spend so long taking pictures and videos before I actually eat it, which wasn't something that had kind of crossed my mind. So how long does it take then to make the videos? If you you think about a recent one, what, what, what actually goes into the filming and then the editing? Right. So filming wise, I used to take the longest time to take videos and whoever was with me was really patient and nice. So I appreciate them for that. But um, it would take I would try to do all these different shots. It would take like 20, 30 minutes for me to sometimes even 40 minutes because I'm very like I need to get a different angles and all of that. But now I've just sped up because I've been doing it for so long. I kind of just got 
you know, better at it. And I just became quicker. So now I just take like maybe 10, maximum 10 minutes to do it. And yeah, the food does get cold. So that's the <laughs> downside. Also, I think we know we're not watching five minute videos. I mean, people want to connect with something in, you know, 10, 20 seconds. So you know, you don't need to shoot. Yeah, most of my videos are under 20 seconds. You've gone seriously viral on a number of your posts. When it comes to what's resonating with viewers, what do you feel like is doing really well? What are people hungry for? Pardon the pun. All right. So they're hungry for, first of all, street food, fast food. They love, you know, anything new that comes out, let's say at McDonald's or KFC or Burger King. They love that kind of stuff because obviously it's very accessible. And, you know, you can just get it on the go. And I kind of, that's something I would watch too. Yeah. So I always think from a point of view, what would I like watching? It's hard, isn't it? Because sometimes, and there are people I follow on Instagram because it's very aspirational. And it's restaurants that I would perhaps never pay for. But I want to see what's, in, I want to see what's behind those doors or what's on that plate. But I, And I kind of watch it out of curiosity. But the stuff that I really engage with is exactly what you're talking about. Stuff that price point wise is, you know, a quick you know, a quick few dirhams out of your yeah. purse and it's not something you need to get on a waiting list for. Right. So can we talk about fast food? Yeah, what, sure. what are you excited about? <laughs> so McDonald's just came out with a new burger and I haven't tried it yet, which is crazy because I always run and I try it out. Um, but they also have like a new pizza McPuff that I tried. Pizza at McDonald's? Up is down, yeah, left and it's, is right? What's going on? It's in like a little pastry and it's super crispy and inside it's vegetarian. It's spicy. So there's a lot going on. Um, you kind of get it in other countries. Dubai just didn't have it yet. So they came out with it for a limited time. So that's one of the most recent things I've tried. KFC has a bunch of new burgers for like nine dirhams. Wow. Yeah, so I, that's really good. And Hardee's has a really nice wrap. I love their wraps. And yeah, I think that's what I know about right now. <laughs> I love it. Fast food queen. Um, up next, we are going to be talking about an unlimited pizza and pasta deal. If you love your carbs... Stay with us. We've got Z-Blogs in the studio. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Curious, where are you going this weekend? Let me know your foodie plans. Isabella saying, going to check out Pepe's Piri Piri at City Walk. It's on my list too. We're having a celebratory dinner tonight because my kids... Other parents will get this. It's back to school. There's lots of like sports tryouts and auditions going on. And thank, thank goodness, both children have got into something. So one daughter's got into the choir. The other one's just, we just found out today, has gone for swim squad. And they've said they want to go to the sailing club for dinner tonight. So we're going to go and have pizza in. They said chocolate fondant. That's our, that's our high-end food plans tonight. What about you? Let me know on 4001. Sarah with us today from Z Blogs. We're just talking about City Walk there for desserts. It's apparently a good one. What do we need to know? So there's two in City Walk. There's one called Sedal, and they pour chocolate on your cakes, on your cheesecake, and it's a lot of chocolate. Yes. And it's it's an overwhelming amount, and I got a lot of hate on it when I posted it because everyone was like, how are we going to eat that? You share it. Yeah, but it's really good. Okay. So, so that's the first one. Where's the other dessert we're having? Um, the other one's called Melanzane. It's actually an Italian and Arab fusion place, and they make the best milk cake and the best tiramisu. Oh my goodness! Do you have to do lots of lots of exercise to stay healthy? Because you are glowing right now. You didn't. I didn't have to roll you into the studio. You know, very very healthy young woman. How do you balance it all? 
Right. So um, I feel like mostly I would go to the gym if I could, but it's just I have a really fast metabolism. Oh, get out. <laughs> get, I liked you until about 30 seconds ago. <laughs> you're young. I'll forgive you because you're young. Um, can I ask you a little bit about the carbs? I love pizza. I love pasta. And you're bringing us news of an unlimited deal. Where are we going and when? Right. So it's LDC Kitchens every Friday, 6 p.m. till 12 p.m. They've got unlimited pizza and pasta. So you can order as much as you like. And if you finish it, you can order again. LDC, and I'm just, I'm just sorry to be super basic. It's the it's what, what kind of was London Dairy Cafe, yeah. right? But they had a big rebrand. And I'm always so, so happy with what I have ordered from there. They do a really good kale salad. I could an excellent salad and the breakfasts are great too but I haven't thought about it for dinner so this is Friday nights right there's one literally over the road yeah and they've got it in I think all of their branches and the pasta tastes amazing you've got so many options you've got something spicy something in like red sauce something meaty or like vegetarian they have it all and how much are we talking um, 69 dirhams oh wait I'm not sure if it's 69 or 89 I have a video of it on my page I'm, I'm on it right now I'm on it right now. Unlimited starters, pizza pasta, 89, right, 89. Um, and drink and two scoops of ice cream. Yeah. I mean... They have amazing ice cream. Yeah. Amazing ice cream. You need to have their caramel biscuit. Oh, my God. Where are you going this weekend? What are your foodie plans? Right. So I just went out yesterday. It was my sister's birthday. So we went to like an Asian spot. It was in Sharjah. But I don't think... Oh, I'm going somewhere right after here. Oh, where, where are we going? I'm going to Meza House in downtown Dubai. I love that they did, and they probably still do, and I used to live just around the corner from there. The the nicest iftar. Um, it was a beautiful, beautiful iftar. The food was amazing. Like lovely... Um, like lamb and yogurt. It's right. A great I'm looking spot. forward. Yeah, 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 that will be a really nice one. I've had a number, a number of messages going. Um, want to know more? Want to know, just want to know more? Where can people follow you? Is probably the easiest thing to say. Right. They can follow me on Instagram. It's at z dot blogs, and same on TikTok. I'm looking at your feed, just going. I'm hungry. <laughs> I want to go for dessert. I want to go and have the mango cream. I want to go and have. Um, what's this? The z- Zinger? Zinger Mathapi? Yeah, that's a huge sandwich. That's the biggest one I've ever seen. Oh my goodness. And lastly, we talked about the best shawarma in Dubai. Tell right. us, where are we going? All right, so my personal favorite is Lafa. I feel like nothing ever comes close to it. It's just so good. Their garlic sauce is amazing. But recently I tried this place called Abdullah Kitchen. And they have the yummiest charcoal chicken sandwich. It's not exactly a shawarma, but I mean, it's close to it. Where is it? It's called Abdullah. There's one in Motor City. There's one in Barsha. There's one in Mirdaf. Okay. Right, you're sorting out. You're sorting out my weekend right here. Um, if you want details, you can just send me the word food. I will send you the blog, um, the uh, the Instagram. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've for made me really me. hungry. So your work here is done. Have a lovely weekend you and too. come back for another chat. Thanks for being with us on this episode of Farmer's Kitchen. You can tune in live every single Friday afternoon between two and five on Dubai I one hundred three point eight.